0: we got a uh, we got babcock in the studio today um wow like the last 2 weeks in hockey have been absolutely like retarded babcock fired Don Cherry fired. He makes his own podcast. Already, what three three episodes in for Don? Good Canadian. Man. Um, but yeah, we got Bab, uh, We got Babcock in the studio I'm today. Uh, I just wanted to talk uh, talk to him about Mitch Marner quickly.
1: So, uh, you know, Babcock, uh, what happened with the Marner thing? You know, you know, it's, uh, it's something that I stand by. Uh, I, I apologized at the time. I, I never intended it for it to get out. But you know, Mitchy knows. I talked to Mitchy. He's a good player. He's a good pro. And. You know, I still believe in this team, and uh, I feel like I set the foundation for a lot of years to come, and, you know, I wish them well. But but why why do you bully a player like a Marner? Why well, you bully? know, I wasn't intending on bullying anyone. I try to make them into good players, and you try to develop them into the players that you envision them in being, and that's what I was trying to do with Mitchy. So, I, I feel like I did a lot of good things here, like I just said, and... Um, you know, I'm I'm gonna miss the boys, and I wish them well. What team are you aiming to
2: uh, destroy next?
1: Well, what? you know, I'm not really focusing on that right now. I'm still a little heartbroken over losing Zaki in the Toronto Maple Leaf. So, you know, I'm just I'm gonna stay at home and maybe uh, do some fishing and catch up on some reading right now. Are
0: you gonna Are you gonna have like a sword fight with Dubis next time you see him?
1: Or? No, no. You know, I I talked to all the boys, and uh, you know, no hard feelings. It, you know, it's what's, what's best for the team. Uh, like I said three fucking times now. Uh, I set the foundation here over the last. Four or five years, you know, building up the all these, you know, all these players into becoming good players, and I believe I turned a, a lot of these guys into good players, especially Mitchie and Zaki.
0: Well, see, see, as you 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 told Marner, you know, that like to make a list. Just can can you tell us what your list was?
1: Well, you know, it's the was exact, Hyman. Uh, was Hyman number one at the artist working? Well, you know, you see Zaki on the ice, and you see every other player. It's hard not to put Zaki number one. You know, uh, I I laid it into Zaki early on because I saw something in him, and uh, I see the exact same thing in Mitchie. So that's why I, I did what I did all those years ago, and like I said, I did apologize, and now I'm ready to move on here. Well, uh, thanks for your time, and uh, hopefully you could uh, find a job elsewhere. Really appreciate it, guys. Okay, so that was
0: Babcock. Uh, he just he just walked out. Now we can talk shit about him. Damn. Uh, they lost six straight with Babcock. Didn't change the lineup once. Why do you guys think he didn't he didn't budge the lineup? Do you think it was like just his old school? mentality do you think him and Dubis were just not clicking at all like because for the longest time CC and Riley like there were games where they were just flat out awful they had no chemistry with each other Riley would he, you know how he is he's a puck moving D goes up the ice CC just looks lost they didn't move he didn't change that once so would you do you think that was basically the main reason because he didn't change the lineup or do you think it was just something else just. Uh, I think you're spot on with the old school mentality because he will look at a player and
3: he'll envision that player and uh, He just kind of assumes that's what he is like when Jason Spezza came here and he's like, okay We got to kill penalties. When When is Jason Spezza ever killed penalties and he'll just assume a certain thing about a player and uh, Once he his mind is made up. No one's ever gonna change it regardless oh. of how the team is playing So that was the downfall of Mike Babcock.
2: Yeah, uh, remember the playoffs. I was just (coughs) ripping on him because he was so stubborn in all his lineups. Matthews is second line. Tavares is playing all these minutes. Hyman's playing with a torn ACL. And then when you need a goal, you don't even put Matthews, Martin, Tavares just to spark up and. Throw Boston off. You just ran the same four lines back to back to back, and then Nazem Kadri gets injured. And instead of adjusting your lineup and putting maybe Nylander uh, with Matthews in a different area, maybe doing a different power play, no, same thing. And it cost him the series in seven games.
0: What do you think, uh, Sheldon Keith, can do differently that can make this team successful? Do you think it's just about adjusting the lines, or do you think it's more? Do you think it's more than that at this point? Probably goes a little more in depth than that. I'm not a coach, so it's kind of hard
3: to nitpick. But, you know, we saw his first game with us. He moved Barry on the power play. Uh, He he moved Barry down to play with – I think he moved Hall up with Muzz. And so we saw him uh, tweak some things already. Uh, He was talking about you got to lay a structure into place and, you know, all that basic coach stuff. But what Babs was saying, it's like he was describing a team that he didn't have. And I like what Keith said. When he says, we're not going to worry about what we don't have. We're going to worry about what we do have. And we have a lot of good players here. So I think that was his first interview. That was a great start for me. So
2: uh, 2-0 to start in the Keefe era. Let's see if it keeps going. And got all these guys from the Marlies. So he knows how they play. He knows how what areas he can put them in. Matthews he didn't have on the Marlies, but he's a good player. He yeah, can put him anywhere. Yeah, and he should know. Yeah. He should thrive. He should so having those systems should be good and being an attack-minded uh, coach and not just all X's and O's and line matching and whoever's working hard one night and throw them in and grind it out and can just have a you know, one line that goes in and scores you can rely on and Goche is not going to be just the bulk of the minutes. Fourth-line player, he knows his role and having Keefe uh, surrounding him with the right players could help that fourth line.
0: Now, we know Babcock was fond with, with some players and he favored them. Do you think... Uh do you think that's going to happen with Keith? Because I know that he he really likes these Marley players. Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll favor a guy like a Gauthier over a Nick Shore? Or do you think he's kind of more, you know, the passive coach, where it's like I'll give everyone a chance and we'll just kind of see what happens? Because uh, I remember I saw highlights in the first game. I was working. I couldn't watch the first game, but. I think they interviewed Barry, and Barry just said, "Yeah, the vibe was just completely different. It's like it was a fresh start. Everyone was excited. The the like, it's like he said uh, when he went in the dressing room, it didn't feel like a six-game losing streak. It just felt like another game. So, I, I guess Babcock really had a bad vibe at the end with the with the locker room. I guess something wasn't going because Barry just." He looked so excited. He just looked like a different person. And I guess Keith is going to give him more ability. Like we've been saying for like three podcasts that Barry has not been in the right spot. He's been on the secondary power play. That second, first of all, our power play has been awful. So Barry being on the second unit, that just does nothing. Now I think ever since Keith's come, two game winning streak, he's now on a four game point streak, Barry. So his confidence has gone up. But. Do you think there's any players that are not safe under Sheldon Keith cuz we knew that there were some players that weren't safe under Babcock. So do you, do you think the same with with Keith?
3: Well you brought up Nick Shore a little earlier. Uh, he was a consistent guy in the lineup for Babs. He's money in the dot so I don't blame him for that. Uh, I think he's our best faceoff player but Keith comes in and Nick Shore's a scratch and Jason Spezza's back in. Yeah. So that was the first thing that came to mind and for Spezza like I think I heard it on Overdrive. He's got 8 points in like 15 games and He's a good secondary power play guy, and he's a guy that you can use, so I think he's going to come in, and maybe Nick Shore will get a little shafted.
2: Yeah, probably Shore, but like Mikheyev, he'll probably get more of a role because just to balance everything out, but it looks more positive. I think the players were kind of happy that Babcock got fired. I know they don't say, oh, the players don't play to get the coach fired. I think they did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, our next three games are very winnable. We face Detroit, and then we face uh buffalo back to back so we know buffalo's actually been pretty solid jack eichel olivson you know reinhardt skinner all those guys they've been solid dawling's actually hurt now just got hurt with a concussion which i I don't know if you guys saw the hit it was dirty cernak just decked him with the elbow right to the head he's having a hearing it's been a lot of hearings actually kerfoot just got suspended two games as well for the boarding on eric johnson That's that's a fucking player but uh I don't know, like, when I, uh, talking more about the game like, uh, against Colorado, I was looking at Steve Dangle's video with Kadri, and, t- and uh, I remember when he first got traded, he was very emotional, my cousin, he's like, yeah, like, Kadri was here for so long, because that was the draft year where Steve had, like, all their numbers, like, he had Eberle's number, he had Kadri's number, Hodgson, Dahan. Dahan he, like, <laughs> he had, like, all those guys' numbers, and uh, he actually wanted to draft in that draft, Jared Cowan. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, but uh, got got Naz and uh, yeah, just I still feel like Naz should be a part of this Leafs team. I just like I feel like he would just make everything better. I don't know what it is, but it's tough to see now with like Sheldon Keefe with this team really don't know what to expect. I mean, we all know Matthews has been by far our best player. He's got like 30 points and 25 or something like that. 16 goals. Um, do you think there's anyone that can uh, that Sheldon Keith can maybe get going a little more offensively, like a Kapanen, a Janssen, even maybe a Mikheyev? Like, because some of these guys, like I remember early in the year, the third line was probably our best line, but recently, like I haven't really heard anything from like Mikheyev, Kerfoot, Janssen. Like none of them are really producing. So, do you think uh, Keith can get them going?
3: <clears throat> yeah, uh, Mikheyev specifically, because that was the guy he also bumped up the lineup. Uh, It's kind of a guy who can, like, if you put him on the first or third line, you can kind of put him in every situation. He does a lot out there. It's been a little cold recently, but I I also thought Kneelander, but when I watch the games, he's always involved and he's always creating. He's just, he's not putting
2: it in the back of the net. So I'd say those two guys maybe. Probably Martner. Now that he comes back from injury, he'll be shifted around. He won't be tied with the same line over and over again. The coach is going to give some different looks. So maybe we'll see Marner get into more opportunities.
0: Well, with Marner injured and Tavares basically not producing, he hasn't been producing, do you try and mix up the line? Do you maybe put, like, Matthews on the wing? Put Matthews and Tavares for, like, a period maybe, see how that goes? i do that. I don't know because Tavares, man, his output has not been good. He has not generated enough for me. Personally, like as a fan, just generated, hasn't generated anything. 13 points and, I no, I think he's got 15 and like 22 or 23, which is, it's okay, but it's, yeah, yeah you know what I mean. It's not, <laughs> it's not John Tavares like, but uh, yeah, do you guys see him maybe playing with Matthews or mixing it up? Because Keith, you know, he's a new coach. He could, I feel like he could get away with doing that.
3: I would like to see them swap the main wingers, put uh, Matthews with Marner, I don't know how long. People have been saying that. And then Tavares with Nylander, which I don't think we've ever seen that before. That's a new dynamic. I think it would throw teams off. Why not try it out? Like those guys have been, those four have been linked together for so long and they've only played with that centerman. So
0: yeah, give it a shot, see what happens. Even if it's just on the power play, let's see. Now the last question I have for you guys, we all love Zach Hyman. We love him. It's just his offensive ability is kind of limited. Now that Babcock is finally gone, is it Zach Hyman going to be put off that first line, you think? It's very possible. Because uh, I, I fully yeah. believe that his time as a first liner is over. That's what I think. Yeah, to, to me, like like Mikhaev, you, you put him anywhere, you know what
3: he's going to do. He's a very important piece to this puzzle, especially with Kadri on the way out in the summer. So I love Hyman. Don't care where he plays. The
2: fact that he's healthy and throw him out there, he's going to do his job. Yeah, I think it's over. Third or fourth <laughs> line is a perfect place where I'm putting with Kerfoot, Mikheyev, and it's regular like, Spezza, Goche and Timoshoff. And then that first line get some skill, either Janssen or Kapanen, and run with that.
0: Yeah, I was going to even say maybe like a Moore when he comes back because I, th- I feel like Moore has a little bit more, just a little more offensive ability. Just a little more because we haven't really seen enough from Moore yet. Like, I can't just come out here and say that Moore is the better offensive player because he hasn't even put up 40 points yet. Hyman has. So... Can't really compare them right now. But, yeah, I don't see Hyman being on the first line, I think, all year. I don't see it. And, yeah, that's basically it for me. You guys have anything else to add with Keefe or the Leafs? Let's go for the cup. Yeah. Do you guys see us making the playoffs?
2: Oh, they better.
3: Are you in? (laughs) Always in. Good. But it's going to be a struggle from here.
0: Yeah. Well, the Islanders don't want to lose. So, yeah, it is going to be. Carolina, I I was wrong about them. (laughs) I, <laughs> no, they're they're, they're a, Svechnikov's a star, man yeah. He's a star Never
3: denying the talent they have And the young guys Just as a team I thought oh, Maybe they'll take a step back And they no.
0: just took fucking Five steps forward It's just Okay, let's talk about them quickly That trade <laughs> need, need, The Niederreiter trade Fucking fleece completely So yeah Niederreiter, come here We'll give you Victor Rask Still a head scratcher for me Like I don't yeah. I know Minnesota needs Like a centerman Because Koivu and like Stahl They're all like late 30s but Victor Rask, not the guy. I mean they even have an Eric Sonekin at Donato now to play at the at center, but Nita Ryder just slots in on that first line with Aho and Tara Vinen and just That's a 40 point guy, 20 goals. And then of course there's this guy named Andrei Svechnikov who got drafted last year and now he's took his game to a completely different level. You wanna talk about sophomore slump? No, you talk about sophomore blossom. This guy just fucking blossomed into a star. <laughs> Kind of like what Stamkos did. Exactly. They so. also got, from the wild, they also got Eric Halla.
3: So they oh. got two of their top nine forwards, and they're producing in a big way.
0: James Reimer in that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reimer and Mrazek putting up, like, 924 saves. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like Leonard and Grice last year with the Islanders, both putting up 920 saves. It's like, how the hell are you not going to be successful with that? And then of course Dougie Hamilton has twenty-seven points, which is give him time a treat.
2: not <laughs> all. Just go downhill. No. Just, just a little yeah.
0: bit. Yeah. But other than that, that's basically it for hockey. Good for them. The Islanders Good. finally lost their first game since October eleventh. So. Go Ducks, go! Yep. Quack <laughs> quack quack. I hope they get
2: swept in the first round.
0: The Islanders. We'll see if they get the Presidents. Fuck you.
2: does <laughs> don't even sell your arena. Presidents trophy. Leaves Islanders first round. And then they go into Barkley Center with that stupid car. That should be good. <laughs> and yeah,
0: that's basically it for hockey. Uh, now we're going to go into, uh, go on the court. We're going to talk about <laughs> that blunder yesterday. Look okay, at Mr. Airplane over there, Joel Embiid. How about dropping a goose egg in front of Drake? That is a big fat L. That's a big mistake because we all know how entertaining Drake is and how active he is pointing at Embiid. You guys watch the game? Piniello, what was it with Joel Embiid last night that just screamed awful?
3: Honestly, his shooting was just off. 0 of 11 from the floor? Because there were times where you think, okay, you could give him the ball in a good spot and he's going to get going, but he just kept missing, and as the game progressed, he still kept taking shots, and there were chances where he could go in and drive, but he would... You know, he would take the easy play, and it just—it was not a good
2: night for Joel Embiid, and I am very happy about that. <laughs> yeah, just you can fly that plane out of Canada. That was—that uh, <laughs> was bad. There's uh, that saying about like rough night at the office. That's not it. You're seven foot whatever. You're huge. You're bigger than everyone on the court. You can't even get one basket. You joking? Especially after what happened, like you were talking about in the playoffs, the game where he cried. This is the first game coming back against those guys, and that's how we played. I'm the coach. I'm like, what the hell is this guy doing? He's on the court. The fact that he got 13 rebounds and he went to the free throw line
0: three times, you miss all of them. <laughs> Damn it, man! Come on. The crowd was bumping. He is.
3: uh He hates Toronto. Every time he walks into that building, oh, no. he's, he's haunted. He's haunted.
0: Yeah. His Just awesome soul stuff. is
2: lurking in the hallways. Probably all you hear is himself walking down. And Beat is crying. Is there? That's where the shot took place. Probably traumatized. It's like a PTSD victim walking in that arena, <laughs> looking on the court. But didn't Ben
0: Simmons play bad too? I'm pretty sure every time he comes to, he doesn't play that well. Leo was
3: ripping him throughout the game because the first half did not even look at the rim. Not exaggerating. Ben. Didn't even look at the rim. And they were saying, like, same with them, like, you're 6'9", 6'10", and... And you're Jack, you're big, yeah. you're a big guy. Go to the fucking rim. Like, how do you knock? <laughs> he'll go full speed, and he will do all the nice handles, and then he'll just pass it off and go into the corner, and he won't be a factor. To me, that's embarrassing when you have a skill set of Ben Simmons. Learn how
2: to shoot the fucking ball. You won first overall. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of... it's a lot of flack. Yeah. Marcus only had to get three points, and he did better than Embiid last night with only three points. Oh, Tied his career
0: high in dimes again. Fill that in there. All I'm gonna say is, if you want to trust the process, you gotta be in it for the long haul because Embiid is still not that dominant center on a consistent night. I mean, you get no points. That's just that's a that's that's laughable, man. Like he's he's jab, he's he's probably the biggest guy in the league, Embiid. And you look at him, it's like, how the fuck am I stopping this galoot right here in the paint? Like how? And this guy doesn't get a point. Not one point? You think, don't get a... I looked last night. I'm like, zero. <laughs>
2: it's like, what is it, the first quarter?
0: For, no, because I kind of gave... I'm like, okay, did he get injured? I'm like, okay. I look at the minutes. 32. I'm like, that's like a full game for him. 0 of 11. Fuck. Man, like even last night, Derek Rose shot like 2 of 14, which is awful. That's, that's awful, but man like Joel Embiid no points Ben Simmons can't shoot a three Philly man are they even contenders I said before I said in the summer when we made these predictions I said Philly first fuck Ben Simmons still doesn't have a three Joel Embiid is not putting up consistent numbers night in night out Josh Richardson when he's your best player on the floor He's a good player, but I'm sorry. That's a problem if he's your best player on the court. Al Horford, where the fuck were you last night? Where the hell was he? He's one of the best. He's probably the X factor in the NBA for me. When I look at everybody, any player, he's probably the most underrated player. Him and Chris Middleton for me are up there for most underrated. But, like, Siakam unreal last night. I get that steal at the end and then getting, of course, you know, the 25th point. Just... Where do you guys? What do you guys think of Siakam? Like, see, like a fucking, He's an all-star. Yeah, Safe to say, sure. he's an all-star. When does it get to the point where you start asking yourself MVP? Because the expectations for the Raptors were not high. I think I had them fifth, and right now, I, what are we? Thirteen and four. We're like third in the. We're third in the East. The only team that's been more surprising for me has been Miami. I think they're ahead of us by one. But other than that, it's been us, the Heat, and believe it or not, the Celtics who've been the best team. And For me, that's surprising because Giannis, you have a guy like him. How the hell are you not in first place? Um, He's just a freak. And then you have the defensive ability like Philly, but they couldn't get it done last night. So have your thoughts changed on the stats in the East at all, or do you still have like Philly and... I still think it's those main teams. Yeah, now, so you, so you think Miami was, uh, will you think Miami will kinda of calm down a bit?
3: Maybe a little bit, but uh just the positioning of where they are. Like as the season goes on, they're like okay, maybe they won't finish second, but they'll still be like three, four, and they'll be one of the top contenders in the conference. But yeah,
0: you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they're they're there but just a different position. I don't know. I, I feel like Miami is just they're too good to be true. That's that's what I think. Kelly <laughs> <laughs> like that that guy Kendrick Nunn the the rookie point guard comes in averaging 18 like what who are you Yeah, that big centerman there he's been double doubling every game Leonard or Bam.
3: Yeah, ben, Bam. Exactly. Bam bio. Yeah. yeah,
0: he's, he's the he's first old. rounder last year, too. They're a pretty young team. Yeah, man, they're young. They
2: uh, they got Tyler Herro who's only going to get better defensively, too. So, yeah, they're, they're. Just imagine uh, we see Miami and Philly first round, 4-5. Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God. Did you see <laughs> the reaction imagine. he got? That'd be funny. Did
0: you see the reaction he got when he returned to Philly? That's a series I would go watch.
2: That would be a joke.
0: Holy shit. What did he turn down?
2: 200 and... 10 yeah. million. <laughs> I think the max they were going to offer him. And he didn't want it because he saw the love that Wade got in Miami. He's like, I want that too. So You're to never going to be Dwayne Wade <laughs> in Miami. Got to love the ego in the NBA, you know? though. Egos. Hilarious.
0: That's just how it is. <laughs> egos. But speaking of the opposite of that, Luka Doncic doesn't really have an ego, at least not yet. No. He's averaging 30.6 points a game, about 10. He's. Averaging basically a 30-point triple double this season, and we're like 18 games in. Is this insane? Is this like something that you think he could keep up? Or do you think this is just too early in the season? The stats will go down. We'll all come back to earth. Or do you think this is actually like this is the Luka Doncic? Do you think this is actually Cause if this is the really the Luka Doncic, this guy might turn out to be the best player of all time. Well, if I'm, if this is where if this is where he's headed. You're averaging 30 points and you're 20? What? That's just... (laughs) That does not happen. Like, I know the NBA has changed, but being this good at 20 years old, that's... I've never seen it happen before. Ever. Not even LeBron, I don't think, was this good at 20. I don't think. Yeah, Cleveland's trash, (laughs) though. Yeah. But what are you guys' thoughts on Luka Magic? Because he's been Uh, Magic.
3: I, I do think the stats will take a dip, but... Really, not by that much. When you look at Doncic, the last uh, couple of years, really, there's been no. it's just keeps going up. He keeps projecting uphill. I really see no signs of anything else.
0: So, <laughs> when, when, when do you start like saying MVP with him? Because man, they're like third or fourth in the in the West, the Mavs. And like, I didn't. I I thought the Mavs would be like eight, nine. Porzingis is not doing much. It's been all Luca. So. When do you guys think you got to put Dodgers in the MVP
2: conversation? I think this year. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. But I don't think he'll win it just because of, like, Harden, how many touches he gets and all the shots he puts up. Even with Westbrook on the team. So him getting 37, even with Westbrook on the team, is crazy. That's <laughs> A lot of
3: superstars in the league. Because you were saying with Siakam before, like, he would be mentioned because of where the Raptors are going to finish and what his points are going to look like. But you just look around the league and all the star power and – They'll get mentioned, but I don't think Doncic or
0: Siakam will be close to... So this is where I have to ask the question. The NHL has a Hart Trophy, and they have an Art Ross Trophy. So they have one for, you know, the the scoring, and then they have one for MVP. Usually in the NBA, when you lead the league in scoring, that's usually you're the MVP. It happened with Steph Curry in 2014, happened with James Harden two years ago. It should have happened with James Harden last year. But it didn't, they gave it to Giannis, don't know why, but I think Harden should have won it, that's my opinion. When does it become now evident where we actually need to start thinking of a heart trophy in the NBA? We need to start thinking of a trophy where maybe they're not leading the, the league in points, but they're the most important player on their team. When do we need to start looking at the NBA and saying, hey, commissioner, you got to make this trophy happen because... Guys like Luka Doncic, guys like Giannis, guys like LeBron, guys like Lillard, guys like Walker. These guys are all getting shafted. They're important to their teams. Kemba Walker carried Charlotte for a decade, and they sucked. He'd never played a playoff game. So when does it get to the point where we need a trophy like that, where we need like a heart trophy?
3: I would like that anytime, now. Yeah. Like but a- uh, there's always going to be flaws in those because you can also make the argument, are you coming up with these extra like titles or whatever, just um, it's like more parody, just to give like like in wrestling, when they come up with a new title, and uh, you give it to this group of guys because they're doing nothing. Well, it seemed like kind of like, here, just take this, because you're never going to be here, but we can give you this
0: to still be happy. I see what you mean. So like a consolation for like a kind of, career yeah. uh, awards type thing? So it's like, oh yeah, I, I, won, I won the Hart Trophy five times, never won MVP. It's like, okay, so you you're, Are you saying you're a goat then? Like, what are you? So, stuff like that. Because we see
3: it in the NHL. They're like, is he really the best defenseman because
0: he scored a lot? That doesn't really seem fair to me. Yeah, like, see, like, even, yeah, like, with the Norris Trophy, I think that's a flaw. It's like, why are you giving it to a D that scores 80 when you should be giving it to a D that gets, like, 60 and just shuts down, like a Dowdy instead of a Carlson? For the NBA, though, I would, I would love that. Like, I would so follow that, and I would
3: give, like, new uh, fans a chance to really get into the game.
0: I feel like that would also impact all-star voting if they had an award like that. Where it's like, okay, you could be fucking... I don't know, you could be in ninth place. So, like, for example, I think the perfect example right now for this award would be Booker and Doncic. Because yeah. they're, like... The expectation for Dallas this year was low. The expectation for Phoenix, for me, was basement. And they're both carrying their teams to basically... They're in the playoffs right now, Phoenix. We know that's not, that's not going to happen, but... If it were to happen, for me, Devin Booker would win that award, the Hart Show, because it's like, holy shit, Phoenix was in the basement. This guy, Devin Booker, this guy's unreal. He basically carried Phoenix to the playoffs. So, I, I don't know. For me, that's just a, an idea. I think they need an award like that because guys like Luka and and Giannis and Beal and all these guys, they're going to get shafted with awards in their careers. And I feel like they need a little bit more awards in the NBA. It's just, it's my
2: but you know what happened with LeBron? Then they'll... I deserve that award, right? And then after everyone's gonna see he deserves it and they'll just give it to him every year until he retires.
0: <laughs> maybe they will they maybe they'll instead of naming it the Hart Trophy, they'll name it the LeBron James Award. Maybe in some time. <laughs> maybe in some time. But the, for that's that's for another day. Uh, just wanna talk quickly about the scoring guys. You know, James Harden's averaging thirty-seven point nine. Um, is he gonna slow down? He averaged thirty-six last year, he's averaging thirty-seven this year. Is it safe to say he's probably the best offensive player ever, or is that is that too far-fetched, you know?
2: Uh When you shoot, like, 90 shots a game, I think your numbers will be up there, so he'll yeah, probably stay around 36, 37. So you disagree that he's the best yeah. offensive? Okay. I think Kobe is above him.
3: I'm not touching that all-time question, but as for, uh, yeah, he's probably one of the filthiest guys in the league. He has the ball fucking 90% of the game, so,
0: yeah, I think he'll manage that by the end of the year. I think, were you here when we were watching that game and he just kept dropping threes first quarter? Who are they playing? The Clippers. <laughs> yeah. He dropped he dropped like four threes in like the first two minutes. He just come down and just shoot in and go in. And we're just, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, this guy's fucking gross. This guy's gross. <laughs> Doesn't even look at anyone. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. It's like, oh, <laughs> two minutes in, he has 12 points. Okay. <laughs> it's just st- some stuff that Harden does, it's just... I mean, I know he shoots a lot, but man, like, he's just such a smart player. He gets, he draws the fouls, gets under players' skin. You know, he he breaks ankles, a lot of ankles. He's actually known for that. I remember what he did to, uh, was it Wesley Johnson last year on the Clipper or two years ago? Yeah, That was nasty. He just literally looks, and then shoots it, and then and that's just disrespectful. But we can get into that another day. Giannis is averaging thirty-one point one. He dropped fifty last night on Utah. No big deal. I mean. Yeah. His three-point shots got better, but his free-throw percentage has gotten worse somehow. Don't know how that happens, but the NBA's funny. You can make a three, but you can't make a free-throw. So that's that's where we've become, and that's where the direction is. But I just want to talk about one more person. Isaiah Thomas has not really been good in, uh, in Washington. John Wall's looking healthy now. He's dunking. But guys, Bradley Beal, he's almost averaging 30 a game. You see guys, do you guys see a guy like a Bradley Beal maybe leaving Washington, going somewhere else? Yeah, where's this somewhere else? <laughs> maybe L.A.? Okay, <laughs> yeah.
2: Because I That's what they need.
0: <laughs> I've, it's getting to the point where I actually feel bad for Bradley Beal. Because Washington sucks. And he's so good. He's probably the best catch-and-shoot player in the league. He went, what, third overall 2012? 2012, he we went third. Second was Kid Gilchrist, Uh-oh. that star. And Davis went first, but Bradley Beal, I feel like, needs to go to another team. I'd trade him right now. Yeah, I if if would oh, get you're something. getting a lot back. Maybe trade him to uh, Chicago. Get Zach Levine. You can get Zach Levine, get Kobe White, get Otto Porter back. Oh, Because he's worth a max deal, apparently. What would that mean for Washington, though, if they were to part ways with him? That means that they they need to be all in on John Wall and they basically means they couldn't have moved John Wall's contract cuz he has the worst <laughs> contract in the league. Oof. He's well no, Chris Paul has the worst contract in the league, but John Wall's right there with him. Like he's getting a max contract he hasn't played in 14 months, Damn. I think. It's been a long time. Same with Oladipo too. He's been out for since like last October, I think. He's been out a long time. So don't know don't know what to expect when they come back but yeah I think Bradley Beal needs to he needs to leave. It's time. I think it's time. Yeah, he <laughs> has to get out of there. He's been part of that team for He's for me he's exactly like Anthony Davis. Like if it's time to leave it's now. He's been with this with Washington for 8 years. They're thick and thin and you know, he hasn't won anything. You know, they went to the playoffs a couple times. They lost to the Raps. That's it. Just part ways, man. You're not going to win with Washington now. If I was Beal, I'd be like, listen, I'm averaging 30 points. I'm doing whatever I can for this organization. Just do something for me. Try and trade me in February. Try and get something back. You guys suck. You guys need to rebuild. If it wasn't for the contract, can you argue the same thing with John Wall? Because
3: he's been there plus three years over Beal. He's been there for about 10 years now.
0: Yeah, but again, it's the, it's the contract. It's And again, I feel like point guards are not as... Um, they're not as hard to come by anymore. No, <laughs> like they're like there's a lot of good point guards in this league now. Whereas like a shooting guard, like a really like a Bradley Beal like type shooting guard is more I think of a, it's more of a commodity I think than like a John Wall like because, yeah, right. like you said like point guards can come out of nowhere like Derrick Rose like he came back, and he's a, he's a star point guard. Guys like Dennis Smith Jr. like they're barely playing, but I still think they have the potential to be a star point guard. It's point guards to me are. They're not hard to come by anymore in this league. Like, look at, look at Miami. They got that guy Kendrick Nunn, undrafted, plugged him in, and he's, he's shining. So,
3: if you're uh, real quick though, if you're John Wall, at some point, wouldn't you want to be in the same situation as Bill? Like, I've been here. I've given my life to this team for so long. I've been a star player for so long. Why doesn't he deserve a chance to go somewhere and possibly win something? I mean,
0: I. At that point, he would have to pull a Chris Paul, where it'd be like, if, if, I'm ge- if I'm getting traded, yeah. the other teams gonna be like, okay, well, we're gonna have to wiggle up the the salary because it's a joke, and we'd have to, it'd, it'd, it'd have to be a big contract for a big contract. It'd have to be like John Wall for like Draymond Green or John Wall for Autoport. Like it'd have to be someone that has a stoop. Okay, so maybe John Wall for like a Mike Conley. That'd be like a perfect example. Either way, it's a messy situation. Because okay. like Utah, like Conley hasn't been doing that well in Utah, so it's like okay, if you want to change, John Wall will trade you for Conley straight up. Both will give you two hundred million for two hundred and ten million, something like that. Right. That's the only way only way how I see uh, John Wall leaving. Because and just it's a tough one. When you go home, just look at his contract. <laughs> yeah. You'll be like, holy fuck, <laughs> this is a joke. Absolutely <laughs> awful. I'm so happy that Chicago never signed Derrick Rose to a contract like that. So happy because then people would actually hate Derrick Rose. No one hates Derrick Rose because he's a nice guy. But uh, that's it for Hoop for now. We got to talk quickly about Survivor Series. We'll talk about how Team NXT just came in and they wa- they fucking just came in and they mopped the floor with the main roster. Malino, um, you watched the full event. Who was the one...
2: Who was the one guy, part of NXT, that stood out the most for you? To me, Rhea Ripley for the women, and the men, Keith Lee. Those are the two. Everyone else, Adam Cole, everyone knows. He had like some matches with Rollins, Daniel Bryan, so everyone knows who he is. He had that one match with Pete Dunne on the pay-per-view, so no one was surprised there. But if uh, two stars were made there, it had to be Ripley and Keith Lee.
3: Oh, yeah, I'm with them. Yeah? <laughs> it's really hard to argue Rhea Ripley, especially the war games, and her weekend was really massive. I think she was the biggest star of that weekend. Um,
0: talk quickly about the... I know it was on the pre-show, but the Battle Royal. I, I was kind of surprised seeing Ziggler and Rude win that. Like seeing, <laughs> yeah, up, like, seeing, like, seeing SmackDown win that, and I saw the teams that Raw had, I'm like, okay, that's that's kind of different. Like... Did you guys think, out of all the teams, Ziggler and Rude would get the pin? Uh, I saw, didn't. I think,
3: Heavy Machinery, just because I think we're aware of how these Battle Royals go, and it's, here all the leftovers, throw them in the ring, and it's not going to go
0: anywhere. I thought for sure <laughs> it was either going to be the OC or the Street Profits that were going to get the win here. I thought Team Raw was winning this. There's a lot of talent there, but you just look at the
3: scenario and the way it was set up, and... I, how many times have we seen a pre-show battle royal? But
0: like, oh mania every year. It
3: is what it is. It was it was fine, but uh
0: probably forgettable.
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: It just pains me to say what like what they've done with like Eric Young and like uh, oh and yeah. like Breezango. <laughs> just damn it! It, it just it, it pains. Even the revival being in this match instead of the triple threat. I just look at that. I'm like.
3: Fuck, the Fuck,
2: this should be the new day here, not the revival. It can easily save this. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Rude, not tag champs. Have Eric Young just mess them up. Tack them. <laughs> Team Canada reunion. Let's go. There it is. Yeah, I
0: hope that will, that, that happens. But how about we open the... Well, Wait, did this open? The Leo Rush or was that pre-show oh, too? pre-show. Sure. Okay, so we had Akira Tozawa, Leo Rush, and Kalisto. Of course, Kalisto just gets thrown in these <laughs> last second. But of course, the right person won, Leo Rush... He's your, he's, your, he's your Cruiserweight champion. How ex- I'm just so relieved. I look at this now. I look at Leo Rush going down to NXT, winning the Cruiserweight title. I'm just looking at him, and it's like, thank effing God they did not release him because this guy's a talent. What are you guys' thoughts on Leo Rush winning this one?
3: Yeah, he's great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all three guys, uh, they got their spots in. It was a fine match. The crowd wasn't having it for a good portion of it. Uh, At Chicago. That's the, the crowd. It goes to show you can throw three very talented guys together, but if there's no structure in the match, then the crowd's not going to have it. But Leo Rush as a talent I think is amazing. The guy fucking carried Bobby Lashley. Uh, <laughs> um, he's only 24, 25 years old. You
2: know, he's got a long career ahead of him, so love him. Yeah. Now with uh, 205 live canceled and the cruiserweight title being on NXT, he should be a focal point now. So it's good to see.
0: Do you guys think um, Akira Tozawa or Kalisto are gonna ever get that spot that Leo Rush has right now, or no? Uh, like with the with the belt, like I I don't see it. If they do, it'll
3: be like uh, here. Thank you for your efforts. Hold on to this for a little while. We don't have any plans for you, but you can hold on to it. I think Tezawa maybe had his time with yeah. the Neville stuff a couple of years ago. Like, he's a two-time champ. And Kalisto, too. <laughs> former U.S. champ. Yeah, he's twice. Then, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, see that? Out of the, the two, time. I feel like it would, they'd do it to Kalisto. It's like, you've already won the U.S. Just take the Cruiserweight for, like, a month. It's tough because, like, he's on the
3: Lucha House Party and they get squashed all the time. And then if you have him on, or I guess they cancel 205, if you have him as Cruiserweight Champion, then it's... It's like, what story are you trying to tell with this guy? <laughs> yeah,
2: they need to get rid of that team. Like, remember Grand Metalik faced Ray. They had, like, an amazing match. But next week, he comes out with a pinata. Like what, like, what are they doing? Like, those three are serious.
3: They're very good. Why the Lucha House Party? Yeah. Why is that a...
0: Why? I don't get it. Hopefully, they change it to... Uh, uh, what, what was that old fa- uh, stable there? The Mexicals. We'll just oh, do that. Come, on, come out on a friggin' scooter and... The, the, what, what, I don't even know what they're called, yeah, man. Come out with fucking lawnmowers. Yeah, there it is. The lawnmowers. The AV... The, what's it called? The AR tractor. tractor. Holy shit. I can't even talk. I don't know what they... They just... They, he'd just come out and just rev it. And it would look like a... Like a Hummer type thing, but it was lower and... I don't know. I don't... I don't know. Just bring up... The, just Kalisto, Grand Leak, those guys. Just Lintz, just... Mexico's. There it is. <laughs> but yeah, we started the show with uh, the triple threat tag match, which I actually thought would open. It was either that or the other triple threat I thought would open. And uh, the Viking Raiders got the win. You guys were both right. Damn it. Screw you guys. I thought the Undisputed Era. I mean, no, wait. Did I say Undisputed no, I said the New Day. I thought the New Day were going to win that just because it's Kofi and Big E, whatever. And uh, who, got the, who took the pin? Was it the Undisputed Era? It yeah. was Kyle.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, um, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Was it predictable as you, as predictable as you guys thought? I know you guys are really high on the Viking Raiders. I am as well, but I thought thought the new day we're going to get it here.
3: This was a cool one because uh, I think regardless of the result, I would have been fine. You have three okay. top-notch teams here. Uh, I think the Viking Raiders, I feel like they would need the win more just because like, even though they're tag champs and everyone loves them, they're still squashing people week to yeah. week, and this was a convincing win over you know the new day in the undisputed era so uh yeah fun match
2: just sucks it was on the pre-show yeah <laughs> that's the only thing now it's forgettable it's on the pre-show no one really was invested in it so it was what it was
0: that's awful yeah that was on the pre-show that's awful i didn't know that was on the pre-show yeah that triple threat match was on the pre-show so, yeah just segment before it started okay, well that's a that's a that's an L for me then. So we opened with what the women's traditional Survivor Series. I'd open the show. God, okay, uh, this looks like a clusterfuck. Team NXT won. Um, can, who, who got injured during it? EO and Candice both left the match.
1: <laughs> yeah, like
0: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand that. And then of course, uh, who got. Sasha was the 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 last for, for team Sasha Smackdown. Was, uh, Sasha and Rhea. Yeah, final they two. were the final two. Nikki Cross was the first eliminated. Yes. I actually did not expect that at all. I thought Dana Brooke would just get the hell out of there. Fuck you, bye. She was in it for a bit. Um What were your guys' thoughts overall on the, on the win? I thought maybe Team Raw was in a win here because of how strong Kyrie Sane and Oscar have been built. And of course when you have Charlotte Flair on your team, that helps. But yeah, they uh they really uh they looked at Rhea Ripley tonight. You're the fucking star. You're going to get the win. Was it the right move?
3: Yeah. Yeah. it was Rhea's weekend. She absolutely torched everyone. She did. Uh, the same thing happened in war games, and there was controversy. The other two left, and then it was a four-on-two, and then it was basically the same thing in the, Dakota Kai. In the Survivor Series match. So uh, it, was, it was her time to shine. She beat Sasha Banks in the finals. That's very convincing. So awesome stuff.
2: Yeah, it's good to see something different. Rhea Ripley coming out and just dominating. So the match wasn't that great, but to see a result like that, it's good to see for them.
0: I mean, I wasn't surprised, like in terms of like eliminations, like Nikki Kroski that kind of threw me off. But like, then you saw like Sarah Logan go. It's like, okay, like you're not, not that important kind of, but then we saw Carmella go again. You're not really important. And then Kyrie Sane went, and that was when I was kind of like, okay. And, the funny thing was it Bianca. She got two eliminations, two or three eliminations. So they're, I think they're high on Rhea and Bianca. I think they're going to be big parts of NXT moving forward. Whereas I think EO, I think she's going to get called up sooner rather than later. She's getting sent down. You oh. think so? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. I don't know. I feel like EO. I feel like she should uh, align herself with Kyrie Sane why because i just i just i feel like that should just happen <laughs> or maybe they should feud i don't know I, I i just i look at this like the all these women here and they're just all doing nothing like i think the, they should feud cuz when they had their little one on one in the ring and
3: crowd was having it and you could feel the buzz and the energy and the commentators were uh, boosting it up like these two really know each other so well so
2: yeah not even care about Carmella being in the ring she's trying to get their attention they don't even care like fucking on my face.
0: It's a funny spot. <laughs> I don't know. So you guys really do believe that they they made the right decision here with Team NXT going over? Absolutely. Good. Yeah. I mean, it was different. We didn't see freaking Charlotte get a win, so yeah. good for WWE on doing that. Then, of course, we had another triple threat. We had Roddy versus Shinsuke and AJ Styles. We all know that Shinsuke just changed the IC title to a beautiful title. I love that belt. It's awesome. Again, I'm going to say was it the right person that came out on top here? Yeah, NXT
3: just uh, fucking took over. No pun intended. But, um, yeah, I think we, should, uh, we said Shinsuke. Yeah. <laughs> I said AJ. Yeah, so a clean sweep there. All three of us were wrong. But um, you look at the three guys, there's no way it's Excellent. not going to be good. Excellent. The only thing you can nitpick is the positioning on the card. But at that point, who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just good stuff all around, showcasing all three of them. Uh, seeing, like, these three titles... All-in-one match was new. It was fun. Survivor Series is always exciting. NXT getting thrown into it is just icing on the cake. So this was
2: fun. That's good to see Shinsuke, AJ, and Roderick Strong in the ring together. I'm glad they didn't change it last minute and have one of them lose a title. That seems to be a theme every year. It does. So good thing they just did that with the tag titles and let this be. And they gave it some time. And all three guys put on a good show.
0: I'm actually glad that Roddy got the win here. I feel like... Part of me felt like it was gonna be predictable. Like if AJ won, it would've been like, oh, okay. So like Roddy getting the win, hitting the Styles Clash, throwing him out the ring like CM Punk in 2012 with Cena, just throws him out, gets the win. Perfect booking. And then of course, you know Undisputed come out, you know. (laughs) I fucking love it. Uh, Perfect, I think that for me, that might've been the match of the night, Um, like looking at everything. Up next, though, we had Pete Dunne and uh, Adam Cole. Pete Dunne wants to win the NXT title. I think the fans really wanted to see it, too. But Bay Bay retains. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on this one following the triple threat?
3: Yeah. Uh, you, you know, these two have taken on each other before. There's a history there. It was kind of thrown together last second, but it didn't really feel like it was a filler match because of all the buzz that's been going around recently with NXT. So... Look at Pete Dunne, you look at Adam Cole, you throw them together, it's never not going to be good. So, the crowd was obviously invested, and every time it's going to be four or five stars. Yeah,
2: Adam Cole shouldn't have lost here, so it's good that they kept the title on him, keeps him strong, and now you're looking forward to who the next challenger is, so good booking. Matt riddle. Bad yeah, riddle. Bad
1: riddle.
0: Um, so, up next we had was the universal title, or the galaxy title, whatever, it's blue now, whatever. Uh, the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. This wasn't as good as their rumble match obviously from friggin five years ago but it was a good match i think this might have been the best fiend match that i've seen it, it was probably a little better than the finn balor one i want to say definitely better than the Seth. i i the seth rollins match at hell in a cell was just not good but what are your guys thoughts on uh the fiend beating daniel bryan what do you think is next for him yeah, they
2: have to stop with that light thing with the red light. It's yeah, really annoying. They can't even tell. You can't see the emotion on Daniel Bryan's face. You don't know what's going on. They're just going through the motions. And the Fiend now, he needed that win, so they didn't make him take too much punishment. I think that's the right way to go. Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan got his yes chant back. and Something before the match, though, backstage promo with uh, The Miz and Daniel Bryan. The Miz is trying to like fire him up a little bit, and Daniel Bryan just left and wasn't really paying attention. Now, with him losing, I think this opens the door. I think we might see The Miz step up. And we could see at TLC, this goes for a TLC match. This is a good way to take the title off The Fiend. Who gets the title? The Miz. I think this is his time. <laughs> we have
3: been saying it over the last little while when Miz and Brian were feuding. Like, it's time to put the, the, Miz, the title yeah. in that program. I didn't think it would come to this, but it's,
1: sure, it would make yeah. sense.
2: Yeah. I don't think it would. I still don't think it's happening. No. But. With the Royal Rumble coming around too, that's a perfect make Daniel Bryan win it or come close. Miz champion heading into Mania. A part of me wants that to happen, but a part of me, if that happens and the Fiend's character is a shot,
0: that's it. There's always a downfall. Yeah. To something. if something. doesn't
2: get That's the only way you can take. The There's always on. a
0: downfall, and that would be the downfall for me. Is that and I don't. I don't know. Like the Miz deserves a title. But he, I don't think he should beat The Fiend for it. I, I feel like it should be like Daniel Bryan, not The Fiend. Yeah. So if any, maybe Bryan could win the belt. But again, like, Bryan's a face. Miz is a face.
2: Unless the Miz turns heel again. And he talks no, Daniel I, I'd rather have Bryan. Really I, I love Bryan as a heel.
0: <laughs> Bryan as a heel is amazing. It's just hilarious. Roman still involved. Ish. <sighs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But, uh... Yeah, the fiend retaining here. I've I've heard rumors that they're not taking it off him anytime soon, which is, I think, the right thing to do because he, goddamn, he's the fiend. I mean, who else could really beat him other than (laughs) Uwa? It's going to come to that point. Baron Corbin. There it is. No, no. He's, uh, if he were to ever turn face, I feel like he'd be the biggest face. Like, he'd be over Baron Corbin. I don't know why. I'd still have the same reaction. I'd look at him and just start laughing.
3: (laughs) With <laughs> the
0: crown, yeah, he's he's hilarious. He's also he looks really thin now. Good for Buddy. He does. There he looks, it is. He looks like he's in shape. It's, it's the good. black tank
3: top. It does wonders yeah. for people. It like definitely Lou is. Harper and now Corbin. Yeah, a
2: haircut helped. Oh my god, <laughs> that was the greatest thing for his career. That that, took, that, that literally off. took off like
0: I want to say ten years because when I saw him, like you look forty five. You look old as fuck. Cut your hair. You look like a fucking. Like a 10-year younger undertaker with that hair. Just cut your hair. <laughs> oh, my. But, yeah, the. Do you guys, what do you guys think is going to happen with Daniel Bryan, though, down the line? He had his title shot, lost it.
2: Uh, yeah, I think there's, he's still in the mix, I think, because the way he lost. like, Just now interesting because this whole storyline is about his career path. He's on, like, a journey, they were saying. So if he's going to be face again and all in with that yes movement, or if he just did that just for the one match and on Friday we find out he was just a heel still and he turns on the fans again, leads some match with the Miz, maybe at Royal Rumble. Wouldn't be opposed to that. Yeah, we really just gotta wait for SmackDown.
3: It's,
0: it's like the cliffhanger. It's yeah. literally it. But up next we had was the five on five elimination match Team Raw, Team NXT, and Team SmackDown. Team SmackDown won Roman Reigns. Of course. I think I think I actually said that. Team SmackDown would win and Roman would get the win. I think I said that. Probably. And uh, it happened. Were there any surprises during the match? And if there were, what was your biggest surprise? I'm going to start with Pinello. Well, we were talking about it before. Probably fucking Walter.
3: First eliminated? Yeah. That's honestly when you go throughout the match, nothing really tops that for me. Yeah. It's the only champion in the match on the uk on the nxt side and this guy like if he's still kind of an unknown to the wwe fans this would have been a chance to just do something with him get an elimination or two look dominant just be the ring general that you are and nope
0: <laughs> i mean we saw with samoa joe last year and now i guess it's walter's time because drew just Surprises
3: people. And we love Drew, too. Yeah. But, like, he disappeared for a while. And if it's a way to get Drew going again and be like, I took this guy out, then sure. But they haven't been doing that. So, that doesn't lead me to believe that's going to happen. So, it's kind of a wash.
2: Just that moment, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not the match. And Braun Strowman got eliminated by Count So, And then everyone else is fighting on the outside of the ring for 10 hours. (laughs) So, (laughs) that was a little... Not like... Swag. So just watching that, it was I'm, fine though. That's like,
0: like I'm looking at like the order of eliminations. Other than like Walter being the surprise, there were really not a lot of surprises for me. Like Chad Gable, I would have told you was the first eliminated. I like I look at that team; he's the first eliminated. There's always there's no. A, there's no one else for me. There's always a guy like him or like a ricochet that'll go the limit, though. I didn't you think Gable would go. I thought it would have been mm-hmm. Ali over Gable. Ah, yeah, I, yeah. I like so, that. so Gable, I thought would have been gone first. Strowman, I knew for sure he would not actually get eliminated, and he didn't, so good. that's a pat on the back. For me, Roman Reigns, I also called winning the match, another pat on the back, but for me, probably the biggest thing, and I heard it got a huge ovation, was when Keith Lee eliminated Seth Rollins. I feel like that was like probably one of the biggest pops, because no one likes Seth, and uh, we'll talk about him in maybe another 10 minutes, but... Um, who do you guys think was the guy that like shined the most in this match? He just yeah, said his Keith name, Keith Lee, for sure. Keith Lee, eh? <laughs> I, I don't know. I got Champa got some good spots in. You know, him eliminating. Uh, Who he eliminate Owens? He did. Champa eliminated Owens.
2: Think, or no, I think Owens eliminated him. Oh fuck! Yeah, that that we have to look Yeah, that, fifteen I I people it. in that no, match.
0: No, no. Says here, Kale
2: that. dropped him with a stunner on the floor, dropped.
0: Roman Reigns with a stunner on the floor on the outside came in the ring and Choppa eliminated Owens.
2: There it is. Yeah. There it fucking. I think is. they kinda of messed up though with Ali. They should have made him be like a huge focal point of the match. It's in Chicago. He's yep. from Chicago. He got a great pop when he came out, and that's a missed opportunity. Another thing
0: that I really enjoyed was seeing Randy Orton give Matt Riddle the RKO and Corbin just pinning him. Just like <laughs> that was Riddle's horrible. reaction though to pinning Orton. Like, that's a Survivor Series
3: legend. Sold the shit out of it. Yeah. I love it.
0: (laughs) That was awesome. He just turns around, RKO! (laughs) Nice while it lasted, kid. That's, watch. Orton versus Riddle in Mania. There it is. That's where it starts. Got unfinished business with Goldberg, though. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Not your bro. That's the one Goldberg match.
3: I'd be excited yeah, to see. I want to see that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just, what were you guys' thoughts, though? Did, out of all the guys in NXT, I didn't see Keith Lee getting this spot. I thought it would have gone to like a Matt Riddle or like a Walter, but they gave it, maybe even a Ciampa, I thought, over Keith
3: Lee. And they gave it to Keith Lee. Well, it's uh, similar to what I said about Walter. Like, Keith Lee kind of goes in there, too. He's kind of an unknown to WWE fans, specifically. So for him to get that spot and actually go toe-to-toe with Roman Reigns in the finals that blew my fucking mind that's something I thought they would never do especially for a guy like that so the guy's amazing and the fans will continue to realize that
0: yeah I mean he did a moonsault to clo- basically close the match perfect way to end it you miss the moonsault you get hit with the yeah. fucking spear by. He sold it well too yeah I was <laughs> like flipped up it was just awesome I, I, even when he did like that power bomb for the near fall at the end yeah. Roman's gotten you gotta love Roman he's gotten so much better come on He's a good pro. Yeah, he's a good pro. We watched that fucking match live, Buddy and Roman. That, that was, was solid. solid. Oh and what did they do with
2: Buddy Murphy? Nothing.
0: Ah, uh, well, Team SmackDown, Team Fox, they generate the most money, so they got the win here. That's that's <laughs> big. got one big win. <laughs> but then, of course, we had the No Holds Barn match between Brock Lesnar and Ro and uh, well, I was to say Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio, because it's 2002 again. <laughs> Lesnar won, um, but the biggest part of the match was Dominic and Ray doing the double 6-1-9. But the biggest thing is, Brock avenged his loss in No Way Out
2: 2004. Alino it away. Yeah, this match was amazing. You see the crowd. This is, they were into I, this, yeah, eh? This is a match, like, they, another positioning thing. Like, the first two, it's you can live with, but... This should have been the main event of the show, just the whole storyline how it started and it's been going on for like three, four months. and have like Brock and Ray just generate this interest from the fans. They were into it. then when Dominic comes out and a pipe gets involved, they go for the 619 together, hits a frog splash, makes it look like Ray's gonna win. near fall, crowd goes crazy and then Brock just takes care of it, ends a match, and it's over. He's finally beat that little Ray Mysterio. A little (laughs) demon that's been going after him. Yeah, this was textbook. This awesome (laughs) stuff. (laughs) They should have
3: closed the show. you mentioned just before the spot, the double 619 and the frog splashes. The frog splashes. splashes. That was a fucking nine. I turned back into a nine-year-old watching that. That was just hilarious.
0: And then Brock kicking out and fucking both. Of them. It
1: the was just fact, just solid The stuff.
0: fact that it was Dominic
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> and not like it, that was the best part. It's like, man, we are the same age as this guy. And this guy is 619-ing Brock Lesnar and doing the... That frog splash he did was amazing. Huh. some serious high did theory. you see he fucking his hands touched his feet like just learned from his dad I'm like, well I'm like oh. and frog splash. and then and then Ray did it I'm like it's over and then he kicked out and I was like Brock Lesnar that minute though of all that happening like just okay. take my money I feel I feel like people didn't see that coming like both of them just double teaming them and beating the shit out of them I'm like okay this is happening and then Brock doing the typical ah <laughs>
2: out that five and fuck you <laughs> I'm still Hayman the champ the just loving every second of it
0: yeah you, you, you just gotta appreciate what Brock like brings in and it's just Brock
2: Lesnar just he's, have him work with his little guys don't <laughs> have him work with like all those other ones keep it with these guys
0: well we're coming up such a high with Brock retaining and we just end the show with Baszler Lynch and Bailey, and this to me was not good I see why they closed with this. I do too, but it just fell flat for me. I didn't really... It was predictable, man. Like, Baszler winning had to happen. For me, it had to. Because if Becky... Picture Chicago. In Chicago, Becky winning this. Closing the show. Chicago. Boo. That's boo. Boo. See, that's why I said Bailey, Because
3: it would be fucking hilarious and no one would see it coming. Because everyone would assume Shayna. And if Becky
0: won, it would be like, oh, of course... So that leads Bailey. <laughs> Can you imagine saying that in 2019 Survivor Series, a top four pay per view, Bailey main eventing a pay per view and winning that?
3: There Damn. it is. Yes. that's
0: that's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I I just didn't really see. I don't know, like Keith Lee was like the standout, Rayo Ripley standout. I feel like Baszler's performance after those two going on was kind of like okay, like it was it was great for NXT, but. She didn't outshine Keith Lee, she didn't outshine, I don't even think she outshined Roderick Strong, so it was, for me, it fell flat. That that was the biggest problem for me. It uh, fell flat.
3: It's tough with Shayna, because her matches are uh, pretty similar to Brock. You know what you're getting? She's very rough and tough in that style, and it's never gonna be the prettiest. A lot of
0: holds, yeah, So slow paced.
3: Um, I think, if, if I'm booking Shayna, I'm probably not putting her in a feud with Becky or Bailey. For an in-ring Please. standpoint. Not, definitely not Becky. Probably not Becky, no. But uh, it's, it's hard, it was hard to follow those, and maybe Shayna had a bit of an off night. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. I thought the match was good. Shouldn't have closed. I thought it was good. But, uh, yeah, Shayna getting the win, that's that's awesome stuff. And NXT just they wrecked her on
0: SmackDown. That was a perfect thing, though. I think out of anything going through this pay-per-view, they, they needed NXT to shine. And they did that they made NXT look like an established brand and it damn sure has been it's been probably better than WWE pay-per-views for a long time so it's good for them to, to give NXT that moment but again like Keith Lee shined Rhea Ripley shined Roddy's even the NXT match with Pete Dunne and and uh, Adam Cole shined. so I feel like Shayna Baszler like getting the win in the main event just didn't feel big enough because like all those other stars had their moments before her so it's kind of like okay here's another nxt person getting their moment and it's kind of shit that it had to happen to baszler because she's been like undefeated and becky's been on a tear this whole year and you kind of look at it as a whole though
3: shayna's been the the one in nxt to dominate so if you were to have an nxt person to close the show it would be her it would it would but it just just
2: maybe didn't play out the way everyone thought yeah like Rhonda should have came back. If they were gonna go and have this as a main event, that's the only thing I would think would make sense to have it. And Survivor series, like it's a big four pay-per-view and it end just with like a brand versus brand versus brand. Like no build really, just forgetting about Bailey in the match. It were just it was like a <laughs> Becky versus Shayna feud and Bailey was just involved in it for like a week. So it wasn't that great to end it. And also like you're saying, like if anyone it's Shayna that
0: deserves it. I actually probably disagree right now if anything it's probably Rhea right now. Rhea has been fucking just killing it. No right now, yeah, but over the course of 2 years who's been the
3: champion, who's been closing every show, who's been putting on five-star matches. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's her, but I mean
0: again, like I feel like it's not even her fault like it again, like with the whole Keith Lee. Yeah. The crowd That's just obviously that's it. obviously going to get a thunderous ovation. No one expects Keith Lee to be in that that last spot, so even Roddy got the win. I thought that wasn't really going to happen, but it sucks. It sucks how it ended, but I thought this was a great show. I thought NXT winning had to happen, and it happened. And I'm just happy that Seth Rollins was not the final member of Team Raw. And wait, was he? No, he was the final member of yeah, Team Raw. But like not just the just, last. He, yeah, two. he wasn't the yeah. last two, which was good. Because <laughs> imagine Seth and Roman closing that. Oh my God, that'd be bad. <laughs> that wouldn't. That would not have been good at all. But moving, uh, we're gonna move to Raw quickly, and we're gonna talk about Seth Rollins' heel turn. He comes out in a nice suit calls everybody out first i like how because him and randy have a history it starts with randy randy you have anything to say mr survivor series what happened last night he says "Fuck you walks off <laughs> looks at charlotte you're a flare what happened she says "Fuck you walks off then he goes to aop and he says you guys are supposed to be bringing all this violence blah 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 wherever you they say Fuck you they walk off and then of course This was my favorite part. Looks at Rey Mysterio. Where's the Rey we knew and loved back then, huh? You couldn't get it done with you and your stupid son. I beat Brock twice. And then that is when everyone is like, oh, he called Rey's son stupid. Fuck him. Let's all walk off now. They all walk off except for Kevin Owens. He comes in the ring. And of course, Seth with the cherry on top says, oh, you're still here? Oh, you're lazy. You, you just want to be like me? You want to be Seth Rollins? You want to be in my position? Well, you're not Seth Rollins. <laughs> Eats up a stun. What did you guys think of this segment? I loved it. I thought it was awesome.
3: The switch was flipped, and the night and day, it was. I loved it. It was it's hilarious. It's Seth Rollins we knew and loved from <laughs> it's 2015. That's like what is. I said with Corbin. I, I'm just going to look at you and laugh. I see Seth as a heel, and it's the most character I've seen this year. We're at the end of
2: the fucking year, by the way. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was a rough year for Seth.
0: It was a rough one.
2: Yeah, it was more of an authentic promo. It was not this cheesy, like, script where he's coming, we're going to burn it down together, everybody, yeah! Just came out and went off, and I even mentioned CM Punk without mentioning his name. He's like, I tried to get him here. He wants to be in LA. He wants to be in a desk. He doesn't want any part of me. So just to get a response from him, we're probably going to hear CM Punk talk about it more when uh, Triple H isn't involved on backstage, so we're going to have to probably wait a week, but... Should be fun, but yeah, they nailed it with this segment. Nailed it.
0: Uh, do you, what do you guys expect moving forward with Seth Rollins? Because I know he turned heel officially at the end of the night with AOP aligning himself with AOP. Where do you guys think that could? Be, where do you guys think that could lead? There's the there's the protection. That's every heel ever. So you think it's gonna
3: be? <laughs> what do you think we're gonna get? Seth Rollins with them versus Kevin Owens? I don't know if they'll be with them. I'm still uh still gotta see because. They really just looked at him and left, and that can mean a lot of things. I think the obvious answer is, oh, they're going to be a trio. Yeah. But, like, we, they swerve us all the time. We'll see with that. But him and Owens going forward, now Seth as the heel and Owens is like, it should be a cool dynamic. It's like
2: when Miz and Brian faced each yeah, other. Yeah, for the
3: – yeah. And then they – yeah, so this should be fun.
2: Yeah, with – it depends so if Kevin Owens goes to NXT, like, for after Saturday. We have to find out there, but – Seth Rollins, again, in a stable. I'm not too crazy about it. Like, he's always with two people. The authority, the shield. I love that. J&J security. But, like, you have to be on your own if you're, like, once in your career. As, like, a single star as a heel. I would like to see that something different. I just hope to God this doesn't lead to him getting another WWE Championship match with Brock. We've seen that. We've been there, done that. Let's put a hold on that. I feel
0: like if that were to happen, that would be hilarious. You have Seth as the heel, and you have Brock as the face. Oh my God. I feel like Brock would be getting huge ovations. Do
3: you think they're potentially putting him in a trio because he hasn't really carried himself well over the last year? And I mean that based off fan reactions.
0: That could be it, but I, I still think he should go as a single star and be like, like I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm actually like unreal by myself, top heel role. Because again, like when he was the, the top heel in 2015 – you could say what you want about him. Like, he was great, but he did have, like, six people with him. Like, he had <laughs> Triple H, Kane, Orton, all those people, just to generate more heel heat. I feel like if he could do that by himself, which he basically has because everyone already despises him because of the freaking run he's had. Like, everyone, he's just been getting shoved down our throats. And he beat Brock twice in one year. So he could literally start his heel run by just saying that, like he already kind of did with Ray. It's like I you know, I beat Brock twice, like what? Like why? Why are people like so behind you? Like fuck them! Like, so I don't know. Like I could ma- I could see where they're going with Seth if it were to be with with AOP. I mean AOP's been doing nothing for like a year and a half now. So good on AOP as well. But again, I want to see Seth just by himself in that ring, cutting great promos because.
2: He could do it. I I have faith in Seth Rollins. He could do it by himself. I got a bad vibe from this uh, whole Seth Rollins thing. I think they're going to try and make this like their inner circle of WWE. uh, Because Ortiz and Santana, if you see like their gimmick is like violence and stuff. Who did Seth Rollins pick out? Two people who are known for violence. The two upstarts, AOP together. All he needs is a big tree behind them and they're the inner circle.
3: Who's the big tree? Who's kind of buzzing out right now? In Eric Rowan, yeah, Eric Rowan with that uh, oh, that's birdie a, cage. It's a weird looking foursome. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Seth kind of stands out there. <laughs> he's gonna have the birdie cage together. What's in here? Daddy's coming back. Oh yes, he is. And then he's gonna come in. And that birdie is gonna have like Luke Harper's, like mask or something. How much heel heat would Seth
0: get if he won the Rumble back to back years as a oh. heel? That'd be awesome. I'll be the most heat he's ever gotten. He's gotten a lot of heat. What the fuck? Back
2: to back. (laughs) He just looks.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Seth. uh, God, you got to bounce back. That that year, that face run was not good at all. That was not fun. Just so corny and ugh. Starting off well so far. Yeah. With the I love what we called out, Charlotte. That was awesome. Looks, Charlotte. You're a leader, right? (laughs) you're a leader right (laughs) yeah that was awesome I love how they generated that and then Randy turned heel I mean he turned face later in the night so I don't know is Randy you think he's a face I feel like he just did that to help Ray and then he's gonna turn on Ray I think Randy's just being Randy
2: and no one will ever know what he is (laughs) and I love that about him Oh, Randy. He can do whatever he wants. I want to hear him cut shoot promos again on AJ. It should be solid. Oh, that was awesome. Oh, my God. All right.
0: Well, that's basically it for this week. Talked about Survivor Series, the Raps, Leafs, Keith. We even had a meeting with Babcock to start this show. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, that's it for this week. Hopefully the Leafs can win the next three games. You can get in the win column. And hopefully Seth Rollins is not um, as corny as fuck. With this heel run And hopefully CM Punk does not come back I don't want to see CM Punk face Seth Rollins I don't want to see that